What's up, guys? This is the No Games Podcast with Jaden, Jesse, and myself, Bubs. How you doing, Jaden? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, you say I, I like the way that you say my name and your accent. It's it's very nice. Oh, oh <laughs> how do I say it? How how do I say it that's different to yours? And uh, oh, don't do not make me do an Aussie accent. <laughs> so, so for me, I'd say Jaden, Jesse, and uh, Jaden, <laughs> Jaden, and. <laughs> And uh, for you, you say uh, Jaden Jesse, I think. Okay, kinda. Right. I don't know. Uncanny, my guy. Uncanny. It's like I'm li- I'm looking in a mirror. Look, it's it's whatever you think it is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Not let's good. stop there. Yeah. Stop. Let's not stop. carry that on. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you. All right. <laughs> you know what? Okay. But no, that kind of that's funny. So before we get into the topic, that kind of leads me into a, a, an anecdote. So yep. I was in. I lived in France for about how long was I there? Uh, I lived in France for about four months while yeah. I was in university because I had to do um, I had to do two foreign placements in my third year of university, right? So one of them was in France, the other was in Germany. Well, <clears throat> when I was in France, I was out drinking one night with some friends, and um, there was a guy that joined us who was a friend of a friend, and he was Belgian. Yeah. Um, he, he spoke perfect English, right? His English was great, but because he was Belgian. And I was a few drinks down. I thought it would be really funny to initially pretend that I was from Australia and see if you could tell the difference. So for a, for a solid half an hour there, before I just gave up, I tried to convince this guy that I was where did I say I was from? Sydney. I tried to. I was like, oh, that's the first Aussie place that came to mind. I was like, Sydney. I'll do Sydney. I. Thankfully, I cannot remember what I said or how I said it. I don't want to remember it. I don't want to think, I don't want to even con- try to contemplate how cringy that was or how many times I missed the mark. But that guy, but the, the point is it was successful. He believed me. And then I was like, I'm just fucking with you. I can't do this any longer. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I love doing accents. Uh, Aussie accent is one of my favorite ones to do, but I'm not going to attempt it today. Maybe if, maybe once I've had a couple of drinks. But, okay. Well, then, then, then maybe, maybe one day we need, th- we need to think about switching the times and do it at a time when, when you can, you know, get a little sloshed. Um, <laughs> I mean, I could, I, I could get a little sloshed right now. It's 11 a.m., but I feel like that's that definitely uh, meets criteria for having a problem. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's 5 p.m. somewhere. Exactly. I was about, <laughs> just about to say, I'm not going to be one of those. It's 5 p.m. somewhere, got people. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but I got to ask you, so going back to the Aussie accent thing, yeah. um, it, it always, like, I always find it really interesting how in a lot of, a lot of places, you know, America's one of them, the UK as well for, for such, for the UK, despite it being such a small country, um, has such a variety of accents and dialects, right? And even you can travel 50 miles, 30, 50 miles and like come across a completely different accent right each time yeah and to the best of my knowledge and i might be wrong because i don't live in australia but i don't think i am wrong because i've asked a couple of australians about this and they've agreed with me it doesn't seem to me like australia is a country that has that much variation in their accents like you have they do have different levels of like regular like formality so you have like standard australian and then you have like sort of bogan and more you know, and that kind of that make it makes the accent thicker, right? Oh, that, it makes that's, you sound that's, that's a derogatory term, all right? 
Is it actually? No. It's fucking. Okay. <laughs> you have your word there for a second. I was like, if it's a derogatory term, then it's one of the most commonly used derogatory Bubs, terms I've ever heard. Bubs is cancelled, guys. I'm sorry. All right, podcast over. That didn't take long. That was like, <laughs> five minutes into episode two. And it- <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, remember it happened, yeah, so- but it happened in the in the uh, practice as well. All right. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. Um, so what was I saying? Yeah. So like. I've I've heard that you have different levels of register, and your act the the Australian accent gets thicker or more watered down the 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 more formal the register, right? Which is true yeah. across other um with other countries and other dialectal variations, but the accent in and of itself largely remains the same. So can you tell me? Can you speak to that a little bit? Does someone from Perth, if you had someone from Perth, uh, which is Western Australia, I believe, yeah. Right, and someone from say New South Wales in the same room together, and they were of the same like social economic class, like broadly speaking. Could you really not tell the difference? Like, could you not place pinpoint place them on a map based on their accent? I mean, in some ways, no. But okay, so one thing that I have found with like um, specifically with New South Wales, there seems to be more of a um, of a <coughs> Lebanese community. Okay, and so you know, quite a, quite a lot of times you'll like pe- people who have gone to school or gone to work or whatever that they, they would have worked with somebody who may have kind of a um kind of more lebanese kind of accent so sometimes there is that uh that kind of thing where like somebody from new south wales might might speak with a bit more of what i what i would kind of classes somewhat of a little bit of a lebanese twinge to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um which I'm I'm not going to uh, to do because you know I don't want to come across as <laughs> as uh, making fun of it because I'm definitely not like that's that's fine but it's like so I but I have noticed that um, especially like because I I have I have cousins that live in Sydney and everything and you know mm-hmm. I definitely have noticed that that my cousins do have kind of more of a um, more more of that that sort of quality to the to the to the way that they talk and it's it's almost kind of like an accent but it, i don't know it kind of, over there it more gets just classed as like like a bogan accent almost to be honest um, so is is that that kind of uh that sort of lebanese influence or foreign influence in, into the accent um there's a word that i've that I came across a while ago that's, as far as I'm aware, still fairly widely u- uh, casually used in Australia. I'm not going to repeat it mm-hmm. because it's all, it has also been used in the UK historically, but it had yeah. it had act- like explicitly racist um, connotations to it. Yeah. But it's a wor- it's a three letter word that begins with W to describe someone yes. who right. So is that what you would call that kind of accent? Is it it's a it's a W accent like a what that word followed but like is that or is that a different thing i no i definitely wouldn't call it that because so basically even even here that's been kind of used as a derogatory term to uh kind of describe anybody that's kind of um kind of european slash middle eastern so like italian and albanian and stuff like that oh okay okay so um yeah well that's that's the thing it's it's 
kind of seen as a, as a bit of a derogatory term, but then also there is like a, um, there's movies that are named like super, that W word. Yeah, I, I heard about that. Yep. Like there's, there's stuff like that that's also used. So I, I don't know, it's kind of a gray area to be honest. I mean, okay. it's in, in some in in some contexts it's seen as a bad thing and some it's like well okay but kind of i don't know i don't know if if they would describe if anybody who is of like an italian or whatever culture european culture would explain it like this but kind of like how um in, in some ways how the african african-american community have kind of reclaimed the n-word as well mm-hmm. it kind of seems like <clears throat> maybe they've kind of reclaimed it as well so it's kind of it's their thing and not so much used against them. So do you foresee the word becoming, um, more stigmatized in, in Australia? Yes. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I'm sorry. No, 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 you go. You're saying what's interesting is that it was about, you know, not even that long ago, about four or five years ago, maybe I was asking my friend from, from, uh, uh, who's in Melbourne. Uh, I was asking him, about it and i was asking him if it was seen uh, like a really as a slur or as derogatory as it as it uh, as it has been in the in the uk i don't know about the us i don't think it was ever commonly used in the us i think it was a british a british slur more than anything else but um and you know again this wasn't that long ago four or five years ago and i was saying to him you know is it seen does it have that same stigma attached to it and he said no not really it's pretty pretty broadly used um uh so yeah it's it's interesting that and but not su- not surprising necessarily that it's that that stigma is becoming increasingly attached to it as yeah. time goes on well that's the thing i th- i think also it depends on you know like it kind of kind of speaks to the point that i was saying before about how there's quite a large kind of lebanese and kind of european community in like the eastern states um yeah. you know in in wa not so much um so i guess it's it's maybe not as commonly used here um but yeah i don't know for 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 me i i always uh understood it as being not a great term more more by my mum has has told me that because she's she's got like italian and albanian background and all that kind of stuff and um you know she's she's always kind of never really liked that word um but you know that that could be a personal thing as well but you know i th- I think increasingly yeah it's becoming uh more stigmatized for sure that's interesting yeah and to your point <clears throat> about uh language being used or claimed by a certain group to um it kind of it kind of, and this kind of is going to lead on to what i wanted to talk about for the podcast cool. it kind of um highlights the political and social uh cultural power that that language can have um in its use because people say that um going on to i'm not going to make this about free speech entirely but to 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 broadly kind of divert a little bit people you know there's this there's this kind of debate that that's still raging nowadays about sort of how how harmful or how much how um 
effective can words be used as a form of violence as opposed to you know physical violence and there's a debate you know and i think it, it should be had about you know the 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 extent and the limits of you know free speech and how that how the the limits of free speech you know play into how language can be used and for what purposes it can be used and there are some people that believe that it's incorrect and foolish and dangerous to classify language necessarily as violence and I would probably put myself in that category of people, broadly speaking, but it's also worth noting that it does have um, political usage, usage, usages um, and political power. Um, and to, to, argue, to argue that language cannot be used as a tool for... Um, uh, in the cult, social, cultural, and political spaces is just foolish to argue otherwise, right? Because, I mean... How how does any politician really persuade any voter base? It's through language, right? It, language in and of itself is a tool, and it can be used for all kinds of purposes. So, to hear you saying that it's kind of in some circles, it's kind of in areas of society that that word has been has started to be claimed by those by the groups that it refers to in an attempt to kind of bolster their cultural and social power and their standing is very interesting much in the same way that the n-word like you say has been claimed by by the african-american community as a a countermeasure to its historical use for discrimination yeah yeah so that's interesting yeah um um but that kind of leads me on to the topic for today's podcast which is really uh, like kind of language more specifically um so i i my background is in is in foreign languages i studied french and german at university um so i have a very big interest in far in languages in general i I think i would say i have a brain for learning languages it's that's i would say that's what my brain is most geared towards everybody has a brain for something um for me that was never maths or science or any of the hard stem subjects i was that's never something i excelled in i feel like if i'd put enough work into it i could have done okay but it just wasn't something that i ever felt worthwhile to put that to put that much effort into that much blood and sweat into so i'm very i have a brain for languages um and right now i'm i'm focusing particularly on german and really trying to improve really trying to um improve my my proficiency in german so um i wanted to talk about um, a movie. I'm sure you've seen it, and I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this have heard have, have seen it or at least heard of it. Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Yeah, have you seen it, the, the Tarantino movie? I've seen parts of it. Seen parts of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I love that movie, uh, yep. both from a, because I think it's a great movie. It's an entertaining movie, um, and I think that the it's it's a really interesting and fun play on like alternative history so if you're not aware of it the basic premise is that there's a group of cutthroat cutthroat jewish soldiers who are assigned to assassinate hitler and they they succeed in doing so right yeah um so it's like an alternative what if this had happened in in the in the war but there are plenty of smatterings of german and french throughout the movie because it's set in occupied nazi occupied france a lot of it is is set in, in in those areas um so really, the main languages that are used are English, French, and German. And there's a particular scene in the movie that is set in a bar that's about 15 to 20 minutes long in length. And it's an entire, it's, it's not cut, it's like one continuous cut, 
right? So that's how long the scene is. And it's used to really build tension. That's the main purpose of the scene. And in it, Michael Fassbender plays a British spy who is fluent in German and as such is, is used by the British army to go to France, rendezvous with a German spy who is working with the Allies, um, and he plays, he has to go undercover as a Nazi officer, and his, his job is to go there, get information from their German spy about the, we, the when and where of, of Hitler and when he's going to be in this particular place at this, at this particular time so they can carry out the assassination. So he goes there, it's supposed to be a quick five minutes in and out, he gets the information, they leave. He ends up, there's a bunch of other German soldiers there who are out there celebrating, and long story short, they end up getting caught up in... They end up being bothered by this German soldier who's very drunk, but he's trying to strike up a conversation. Michael Fassbender takes it upon himself to, you know, order this this German soldier to leave. He doesn't explicitly say, because we're trying to figure out how to assassinate Hitler, because he'd be a very bad spy otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so he starts speaking, and then instantly, instantly, even this, like, this German soldier who's like two sheets to the wind, is that the expression? I don't know. I haven't heard that, that expression. Okay. Um, he, he's like 10 beers deep, right? He's slurring his words. But even as yeah. someone whose cognitive abilities by this point are greatly impaired by, by how drunk he is, instantly the first words out of this soldier's mouth to this British spy are, in German, of course, um, he says, excuse me, sir, but your accent is very peculiar. Where are you from? Right? And this is somewhat... Michael Fassbender's character is speaking flawless german like absolutely perfect like from a grammatical standpoint you can't flaw him yeah but what i find really interesting is is how how insanely difficult it is how incredibly clever you would have to be to pass as a native speaker to a non-native speaker right and it kind of highlights just how many things go and make up language as it's known it's not just about the the formal hard and fast rules of a language, right? You can speak perfect German, and a German speaker will recognize that you are speaking their language very proficiently, but that's the language in and of itself is not the only thing that comes into play. There are so many social cultural factors that come into play, um, like accent, uh, dialectal variation, things, time, kinds of, like, like pronunciation, like pitch and fall, right? There are certain accents where people and certain languages where intonation is done in a certain way that isn't done that just isn't done in other languages so for example as as a german speaker myself and someone who's a native english speaker there are other parts of that scene where michael fassbender speaks german that is again is perfect but he'll rise his voice and he'll drop his voice in a way that just isn't done amongst german speakers but is done amongst english speakers Right, yeah. and so I'm able to look at that and think, ah, you're just you're really giving yourself away here, kid. You know, um, and so it's very interesting for me as someone who is a native English speaker and has a background with German to notice the different the differences that would just that, that it doesn't matter no matter how per- pitch perfect his German itself is as a language grammatically, um, there's just things that would give him away. Yeah. That again, you would have to be incredibly well versed, not just in the structure of the language, but also the cultural elements of how people speak that language, to to bridge that divide and to try and to have any to stand any chance of of blending in as a native speaker. There's so much that goes into it. Um, now, of course, through all this, that's translated by by Tarantino very easily to the 
in, in a very surface level way to the audience. He tells us, he lets us know that Michael Fassbender is giving himself away because the soldiers question his accent, because he visually raises eyebrows amongst the German speakers, right? And so that makes it very accessible to the audience. But if you have a background in both those languages, you can tell, even if he weren't, even if it wasn't that obvious, you can tell that he's doing things that are giving him, that are blowing his cover. Um, and so I found pretty niche, I know, but I found that really, really fascinating and really interesting and fun to watch. And I've actually been going back and watching that scene over and over again over the last couple of weeks and really listening to the fine details and seeing like, okay, you know, um, is there anything else there that, that that could have been picked up on? Or is there anything else he could have done differently that might have, if he just known that, culturally speaking, maybe things wouldn't have ended up going so badly for him? Because the end, the result of the scene is that he, uh, it's not even the language that blows his cover, it's that he signals to the bartender to get them three drinks, and he does this, right? Yeah. If, if, if you were signaling the number three, you would do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. As would I, naturally. So the Germans always count with their thumb, th thumb first, always. You will never come across a German who does it like that. They would always do it like uh, that. So, yeah. So that's a cultural yeah. thing, not necessarily a linguistic thing, but that is the nail in his coffin. And as soon as he does that, the Germans realize that he's not German. And it, ends, it results in a firefight and he gets killed. Um, so yeah, really, really fascinating for me anyway. So the that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Yeah, they, exactly. The attempt, they did their homework, for sure. They yeah. did their homework. Um, so that's kind of the topic that I wanted to, to talk about today, is just how, um, how complex language is and how much subtle variation there is between, uh, between different pockets and different segments of speakers of a language and how there's always going to be different influences that influence the... If you think of... If you imagine speaking a language as like a total, as a picture or as a puzzle that's been completed, there's lots, so many different things that influence where the pieces go and how it's pieced together. And there are certain, there are certain variations and certain different pieces that, of the puzzle that, that might differ from one speaker of the language to another that are more acceptable amongst speakers than others. So for example, someone from speak someone who is from one part of Germany that has a specific accent speaking to someone from another part of Germany that has a, a specific accent, yes, they'll notice that that someone from one part of Germany might use a different word to describe something. But at the end of the day, there are in, enough of the pieces of the puzzle overlap between the two speakers for them to know that at the end of the day, they're both native German speakers. Whereas the piece of the puzzle that Michael Fassbender's character uses, i.e. doing that instead of that, that's blaringly obvious that that does not belong in the puzzle, right? Yeah. So, gives it away. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I've, I've always found, like, I, so, at, at school, I, I studied Italian. Um, okay. Because it was, you know, it was, well, it wasn't compulsory in high school, but um, in uh, primary school or like I guess in the in the US, if there's anybody listening from the US, be elementary school. Um, mm -hmm. Then Italian was compulsory, and that was one of the one of the classes that we had to take. But I, it, it wasn't until kind of later in in life that I realised how many similarities there are between um, Italian 
and Spanish. Yeah, definitely. Be- because, of course, I mean, both of them, the kind of base, and of course, even for parts of, of English as well, the base of it is, is Latin. Right. Um, but you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of things sometimes like, (laughs) because I don't know either Italian or Spanish all that well, sometimes it'll take me a few seconds to really listen to what, what somebody's saying in a particular, in any of those particular languages. And it'll take me a second to realize which one they're actually speaking. And for for me more like, it's more like the, the rolling of the R's uh, in Italian more so than Spanish that kind of gives it away from, for me. Um, and the more use, uh, more use of, uh, things like say Z or Z kind of sounds. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, and like I've, I've had to kind of, um, somewhat learn a bit of uh hindi as well because because my dad is actually he's indian he was born in fiji but um he speaks hindi to his whole family um okay and i mean even his so my grandmother his mother uh who uh she lives in sydney but she doesn't speak english uh really at all i mean she's she's lived here since like I don't know, 99 or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, she, she only speaks Hindi. So I've had to kind of learn little bits and pieces um, over the years, more just kind of greetings. And then a couple of uh, swear words that my cousins taught me while I was in yeah, Fiji. Right. But <laughs> yeah, it's always, it's always the swear words. That's always people's go-to whenever they learn a, a new language. Oh yeah. And the worst thing is, is that, so when I learned this, like it was when I went to Fiji for the first time was, I was like, I think eight or something. Mm-hmm. I didn't know not to snitch to anybody. <laughs> so I basically, you know, it be, more being excited that I learned something in Hindi. I I went to my mum and I'm just like, oh yeah, like my 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 cousin taught me these words and whatever, and and, and yeah. this is what they mean, and then, <laughs> and then she's like, oh, you should you should tell your grandmother that. Mm, oh no. Mm, I was eight years old. I didn't know any better. Okay. Oh man. He, oh, my co- my cousin got in so much trouble. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, I didn't know any better. It's like if you, it's like if you, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, my guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I should say Avianth. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. oh man, I can picture you two on the. You know, how you uh on your reaction channel. You um, what's that? What's that? Uh, TV show that you react to sometimes is it Maury? Yeah, Maori or yeah, I can picture you two on Maori. Be like so, <laughs> and you guys just you coming onto stage just hashing it out in front of a light <laughs> You snitched on me. I didn't snitch on me when I was. <laughs> this ends up ends up with you two like rolling around on the stage like you know in cartoons when they get into fights they always, they always draw it as a cloud with like fists flying out of it. <laughs> yeah, that looks up to a um, light detector test. You lied about this. <laughs> and also there's a there's a baby also and the, 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 lie, de- <laughs> the lie detector test shows that Jaden, you are the snitch <laughs> <laughs> oh you are the six nine <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh god oh 
<laughs> the Takashi. Anyway. Oh god. Um, but, but going, kind of touching back on what you were saying about um, Spanish and Italian, and how you use those little details to kind of help you distinguish between the two. That's kind of how I learned to distinguish between um, Kiwi and and Aussie accents, right? Yeah. Um, I'm at a point now where I can. It, it, sometimes it takes a you know a few seconds t- for me to be able to. Um, if someone's, if I know that someone is from either of those two countries, um, it it'll, it might take me a few seconds to figure it out. But I'm always on the listen for two particular vowel sounds. Yeah. One of one particular vowel sound, and it's how they say E's and I's, right? Because mm-hmm. a Kiwi will like, an, an Aussie will say, I don't want to use the um, the deck commercial as an example. You know the deck commercial? Oh, yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> but, in, but in Aussie, uh, you say E's more like a flat E sound, like an E sound. Whereas yeah. a, a Kiwi, someone from New Zealand would say, say it like a, more like a, an I, right? And, a, and conversely, for an I sound, you would say it like an I, and someone from uh, from New Zealand would say it like a an uh. Yeah. So, like, um, you would say pick, and someone from New Zealand would say pick. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's one but, thing that 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 pisses me off so much with uh with with like particularly it seems to be American actors that try to do Australian accents. Mm-hmm. Like, um, oh, well, yeah, ask an, Austra- ask an American accent to do any accent that's not their own, and it, 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 there's always a very high probability of it going down the drain. But well, yeah, I mean, because so recently, like, brilliant movie, but I, I I rewatched Tropic Thunder recently. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. Of course, for most of the movie, plays an African American man. Uh, which, yeah, I don't no, know if that would fly in today's climate. Absolutely not. He's people are trying to cancel him as we speak. But, <laughs> hmm. um, but that that part's neither here nor there. The part that I'm annoyed about is so they had, of course, at the end because like the whole time along he's supposed to be an Australian actor who's playing this African American role, and then okay. when he removes the African American makeup from his face then starts speaking in the Australian accent, and it's very New Zealander. Okay. And I it just... It, it, uh, the whole movie is great, but just that is, like, the only thing that really annoys me. Like, I just... I, I, it, it sends shivers down my spine just yeah. because... <laughs> I'm just like, okay, like... Especially because... So... Actors like like that, especially someone of his fame and his stature. I, I don't really know what what position he was in in like I think it was what was it oh eight or something that that movie came out. Um, but I'm I'm not 100 percent sure at that stage because I I know he had some personal issues, whatever. Like um, towards the kind of start ish of his career, but mm-hmm. I I would think that he would have enough money or even the movie would have enough of a budget to hire a a like accent coach for him yeah yeah that's the thing dialect coaches accent coaches language coaches they they never seem to invest enough time and money into those things for sure it's one of the yeah and it it, again i'm with you It, it really annoys me it really frustrates me it's like um have you ever watched the boys I have watched like the first couple episodes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Carl Urban, mm-hmm. great actor. Fucking hell. I don't know what he's trying to do in that fucking 
like he's he's supposed to, he's so he's a New Zealander who's supposed to be playing a Cockney, right? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Now you'd think that there is in there's not a huge amount of a bridge to gap between those two accents. There's some, but it's not big enough for him to not to to get away with not kind of nailing it and. I gotta say, for the whole thing, it's just so hit and miss. He's, I'm trying to remember how I described it to my my friend. He sounds like he sounds like he's doing a parody of himself almost. He's yeah. he in, instead of a New Zealander trying to do a Cockney accent, he sounds he comes across like a Cockney who's trying to deliberately do a really bad New Zealand accent. That's how that's how twisted he gets it, and it's so weird to listen to. Yeah. So yeah, it pisses me off. And there's plenty more examples I could list, but I mean, yeah, examples of if they just spent a little bit more time and, and effort and money on with an accent coach or a language coach, if they're if they're playing a bilingual part, then yeah, there, there's no shortage of examples in Hollywood of them really skimping on that, and it's such a shame. Because well, yeah. um, I mean, so. recently I watched. Um... I don't know if you've seen the, uh, there's a new Netflix movie that's out. Uh, they cloned Tyrone. No, I've never, no, I haven't even heard of that actually. Okay, so it's so it's it's, it's got Jamie Fox in it, but okay. then also uh, so like the main character is played by John Boyega. Oh, okay, gotcha. Who of course is is British, but mm-hmm. he plays a just straight up hood african-american guy and his seriously like i didn't get taken out of the movie at all whatsoever like his his accent was absolutely perfect the way he spoke he believed it and the craziest thing about it was literally like two days ago i saw that he did um like sorry two days before i watched the movie i saw the um what is it so retin links uh offshoot channel the mythical kitchen yeah uh, they did their last meal series and they had john boyega on it and of course you know you hear throughout that whole thing he's got the the usual like british accent with like you know a bit of um kind of i don't know with, with kind of like the british ism slang kind of thing Mm-hmm. But the fact that you know, watching that movie and just hearing how flawless his accent was, and especially with like acting alongside someone like Jamie Fox as well, um, who he <laughs> was playing a pimp as well, which is funny, mm. but um, surprise me, yeah, exactly, <laughs> uh, hilarious movie. But um, the fact that you didn't pick any sort of difference between them at least i didn't like it tells me that he definitely worked on it and i don't know whether he got a he got a um a like a dialect coach or whatever or if it's just he just worked on it like and that's the thing like even actors can could do that too like if they really worked on it and really studied like they would for pretty much like any other role like how they you know that they want to understand what is this person's motivation why are they say retaliating this way why are they acting this way why are they so emotional in this situation kind of thing like i feel like it'd be the it'd be along the same lines but it's just i it is harder i guess but it's just 
I don't know. It's all about it's all about getting into the mindset of the character, I guess. But yeah, that definitely helps. Um, going back to the the boys, actually, I just it, something yeah. occurred to me while you were talking. Um, I gave an example of a, a pretty slapdash accent job in that in that show, but a counter example is Anthony Starr, who's also a Kiwi, and his, his obviously he plays Homelander, so he's obviously plays an American. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had no fucking idea until I was halfway through the show that he was um, a New Zealander. Had no yeah. clue. He does that. He just absolutely nails it time and time again. So perfectly that American accent. And, you know, I would, it, it, it is a generic American accent. There's nothing specific about it. Yeah. But for the purpose, but like you were saying about um, John Boyega and sort of how he did that so well that he was able, to, you were able to be fully immersed in the show and not not even not even think about the fact that this was someone doing or uh, portraying a hood african american it's the same thing with uh, anthony starr's performance in homelander is um you know you're you're just completely engulfed in the show itself and the character and his acting uh you don't even think about his accent because he just makes it sound so natural yeah so and that's that, that's the ultimate goal really i think absolutely um, but yeah, there's a guy called on YouTube called Eric Singer. Um, he's a linguist, and he's actually a, an accent, uh, an accent and language and dialect coach by by profession m- mainly. Yeah. Um, and he did he's done a lot of videos for Wired where he sits down and he reacts to you know how Wired do a lot of um, people reacting to people from a certain profession sit down and they watch different movies or TV shows yeah. that involve those professions and they rate it in terms of like realistic uh, realism. Yeah. So he does a he does a very similar thing where he reacts to different actors' attempts at doing accents uh, in Hollywood and on TV shows, and he kind of rates how good of a job they do. And he really breaks down. He goes into the nitty gritty about it and say, so the the accent they're trying to do very often has these particular linguistic features, and this actor really nails that, or sometimes this actor neglects to to do that and um it's still some of the funniest ones is when he reviews michael kane trying to do different accents because there was a movie i can't remember the name of the movie michael kane again i think he's a great actor yeah but he for the love of him he cannot do anything other than his own accent he just can't and there's yeah. one movie that he that eric singer reacts to where he's supposed to be portraying a texan and he go he put he he listens to it for five seconds and he turns to the camera and he's like this is just Michael Caine wearing a cowboy hat, like <laughs> that's all this is. Like, <laughs> there's no difference whatsoever between his na- his. Like, he just doesn't. He doesn't even try. So, oh, the, dude, the funny yeah. thing about that is that. So I've seen a few. I've seen a few interviews um, of different people, and also Michael Caine himself, I believe, saying how much he dislikes people doing impressions of him. Oh, really? Because he believes really? that when people do an impression of him they just go way too hard into the kind of cockney accent go michael kane hey yeah, i'm michael, michael kane yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but oh it's just like well, okay do you not see the irony in that though like <laughs> exactly my dude oh my god yeah yeah it's really slaps you in the face oh, um but yeah <laughs> oh, oh but yeah, I, I think that, um, yeah, I could spend all day listing examples of people who I, whose performances I really commend 
when it comes to the effort that they put into learning another language for or an accent for a role and then there's plenty of examples yeah. unfortunately i think there's more examples in the latter camp of people who did just for one reason or another um weren't worked with enough during during um production yeah um and they all so i mean and there's also like something to be said as well for like for voice actors as well in like cartoons and all that like a, an interest well I, I don't know if it's a great example but an example is uh is hank azaria um from the simpsons yeah who you know does many voices many different accents and things like that and then because of kind of cancel culture he, he had to retire the apu character because it yeah. was deemed as offensive um which i don't know in in the context of the show yes i i do think in some ways it is offensive the fact that yes he's an he's an indian man who also happens to own a convenience store like that's very much kind of racial stereotypes mm -hmm. um but i feel like retiring the character altogether maybe wasn't the way to go about it so i've here's here's my here's my thoughts on that first yep. of all it seems to me that all that we very say often is it's, uh huh? Sorry, I started thinking yeah. of Family Guy theme song. <laughs> oh, anyway. oh my god! Um, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, it seems to me that when it comes to um, when it comes to outrage about, and I'm I'm not talking about actual persecution or actual discrimination. I'm talking about like um, comedy, right? Yeah. Seems to me that a lot of the outrage that's manufactured about, you know, um, racial stereotyping or whatever, a lot of it comes from people who do, who are not of that race. A lot of the time it's white people get feeling like they have to get offended on behalf of the, of in this case, Indian people, right? Yes. Um, nobody kicked up a fuss, Indian or otherwise, about the character of Apu for like 25 years. And then all of a sudden it gets blown out of the water. Now that's the first point I want to make about that. The second point I want to make about that is people are acting like like every single character in the simpsons isn't a stereotype in some form or another it fucking is right yes. look at like look at luigi the only italian character in the show is called <laughs> luigi has a black twirly mustache and owns a pizzeria the only scott the only scottish person in the show um is a ginger and wears a kilt yeah and is a and is an aggressive drunk the only Irish person in the show says says nothing but top of the morning to you, right? Everyone is everyone of every kind of ethnic background or nationality is stereo is heavily stereotyped for the purposes of comedy to some degree or another. Yeah. And I find it really I just find it really interesting that like one for one particular person's stereotype is seen as more offensive than another's. Yeah, yeah, I find that interesting. Yeah, I mean, because like any, I'm sorry, just to add to that, and even yeah. if it's not like a national or ethnic stereotype, sometimes it's a career stereotype. So a lot of the pol like the chief of police is seen as a fat, incompetent donut eating pig. Like everything is a stereotype in that show. That's the point. That's the comedic value of it. Like yes. it's it's exaggerative. So exactly because not only that, like so, 
part of the point of that is yes okay sometimes that is the butt of the joke but then also mm-hmm. there are there are episodes where they shine a light on those characters and show you that they are also more than that. Like, They're multifaceted. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like specifically, like, I mean, Chief Wiggum, I mean, he, yes, he is a fat, uh, you know, incompetent, uh, police officer, but at the same time, he is also a family man and he is also yeah. working hard to, well, yeah in in the best way that he can but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is also yeah. like working to you know put put food on his on his family's table i mean that's also the commendable side of it and i mean same thing with with apu even i mean he's he's running a convenience store yes but he is doing so and working so many hours as they have uh, shown before yeah exactly because he has freaking what nine kids or something yeah, I think they have octuplets. Yeah, yeah, octuplets, and then his and his wife's gonna stay at home and look after the babies. I mean, so again, it's like there's more to the character than just that surface level stuff that people are getting offended over. Yeah, no, on absolutely. behalf of other people, like <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and sometimes I think people often forget this. Um, sometimes the purpose of comedy is what people perceive as the butt of the joke is actually the, the, or rather what I'm trying to say is the caricature that's being portrayed is not the butt of the joke. Yep. It's sometimes, and if you do it cleverly, this is the case. The butt of the joke is actually the peep is, is the, the kinds of people that would look at a character like Apu and only see the, in, the fact that he's Indian that own that would only see the stereotype. So for example, I think you can make an argument that if you're if you if you're stereotyping an Indian man like that, you're not. The creators of The Simpsons are not literally saying "ha ha, this is what all Indians are like," but actually, what they're trying to say is some people are so shallow and dumb that this is what they perceive someone like Ap- Apu to be like. That some that some people actually would look at Apu and that's all they would see is an Indian man running a corner store. Right. Whereas, as you say, when you when you get down into the, the, the nitty gritty of it, that there's so much more to his character and his, his that there are traits and there are complexities to him as a person that go way beyond just the color of his skin and the stereotype that he's portrayed as. Yep. Um, and some of the some of the most stereotyped people in that show do have at least one episode about them that really delves into their complexities. Groundskeeper Willie is another one. Yep. We learn a lot about Groundskeeper Willie as a person in several episodes than just the fact that he's an angry Scottish drunkard. Right? Yep. So. I mean, the one that, the one that uh, not specifically, obviously, <laughs> showing what he's like, but I, the one, one episode that stands out to me is a uh, <laughs> it's a treehouse of horror episode actually um it. it was one where they uh where they basically parodied um uh the shining shining yeah yeah, yeah. And, and he's the um <laughs> yeah he's the groundskeeper there yeah exactly he's <laughs> you've got the shining oh you've got you the mean shining <laughs> do you want to get sued <laughs> do you want to get sued yeah i love that 
Oh, I love it. But I, I don't know. I, whenever I think of Groundskeeper Willie, that's like one of the first episodes I think of. But, but I, I guess that kind of speaks to the fact that well, it's. I don't really think of the fact that you know he's that he's specifically a Scottish man or whatever. That you know he's all these kind of Scottish stereotypes and whatever. Like I just think of him as another character who's just funny, yeah. and that's yeah. the point of the show. It's just like the there's the it's all these characters who seem like okay maybe they should maybe they shouldn't kind of fit in to these you know quirky situations that usually the main characters are getting into but mm-hmm. somehow they weave into it and somehow they are like they they fit in perfectly because yeah. well despite any sort of differences that they may have do you think that on a do you think that on um on some level that at least maybe in the earliest days of the show that the that's kind of an attempt for the uh the producers to embody the american dream so to speak is 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 it's kind of a a very simplified um picture perfect idea uh, idea of you know people from all kinds of nationalities, backgrounds and skill sets and stereotypes or whatever coming to the same town and coexisting and m- successfully making a way for themselves in 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 this sort of sm- uh, American small town. Absolutely. I think for sure sh- for sure. I mean there's there's too much pointing to that fact for it not to be. I mean the fact that there's so many um characters of different you know backgrounds and all that is just obviously they they could have easily just made a show where it was like okay all the people they look the same all that they all live in in this town and they're all they're all the same but Mm -hmm. they went out of their way to make sure that there was some sort of representation for for different uh for different ethnicities for different cultures and i really feel like because i mean even there's like i i completely forgot about this for a second but i just realized so there was there was the episode where um when uh apu was getting married to manjula i believe that's something yeah um yeah manjula they the the way that they did that episode like yeah of course there was the comedic moments and whatever but the way they did that episode the way they portrayed this beautiful indian wedding and everything like that like it was done very well i think yeah like, I, I, it's almost the it's almost the opposite of a of a um stereotypical reduction or sorry the reduction of something to a stereotype which kind of trivializes it it's almost the opposite of that right it's almost like they were paying homage to that aspect of indian culture exactly like because they could have been they could have made a joke like oh well like it would have been kind of a visual joke but it would have been like okay well oh they're they're, uh so like one of the family members is cooking some curry over here for the wedding and it explodes or something like and that's supposed to be the butt of the joke but yeah. you know the the biggest i think joke in that was basically that that the elephants got scared i mean yeah i yeah. mean yeah okay there's elephants that you know and there was i think i think it was a mouse that scared them yeah. so it's just like that's just like a, a common so, so thing. The, 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 yeah the butt of the joke ultimately is not um 
is not the cultural aspect. It's yeah. the fact that they, they they went and they went down an entirely different route. They portrayed some uh, one of the most beautiful aspects of Indian culture there, um, and it, the the joke that they they moved in was uh, that they worked their way into that was haha look at this giant animal getting scared of a mouse. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And uh, as someone who's been to multiple Indian weddings, I will tell you. Um, so yeah it, it definitely looks very beautiful but it can be very tiring because a lot of the time it lasts like three days so um <laughs> I, I heard that yeah i heard that it's not like a one day thing it's 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 kind of it's it's like um yeah it, it's carried out across multiple days why is that is it like is it are, are, is each day dedicated to like a different part of the ceremony or how does that work i don't actually know i, th I think it's more as a reason for everybody to already kind of be there in one place and then if they need any help to set up anything they have people there that they can ask <laughs> oh, okay so it's like they have a support net yes but then okay. other than that like pretty much everybody's just kind of sitting around and everybody's just playing music somebody's playing a playing a, a tolok drum somebody's playing the uh, harmonium you know like there's there's always just loud music somebody singing whether they can or not somebody singing. yeah um, someone's <laughs> going for it <laughs> yeah, exactly and honestly i admire the confidence but uh, but over three days it, it it gets a little bit too much um <laughs> to wear you down okay <laughs> yeah yeah uh but um but yeah no nah, it's i mean it's not too bad i mean it's just it, yeah it ends up being tiring because everybody wants to just keep partying and up until yeah. late at night and then they're just like oh yeah by the way we're also gonna wake up early for the wedding tomorrow and it's like wait wait what but this this it's 11 o'clock like <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah well i think that's a great uh place to end on um yes i agree what a great note so yeah no i listen man it's been great i appreciate your i appreciate your thoughts i know that this topic was a little bit of a or quite a big deviation from the last episode but like, you know it's something that i um was passionate about and it's actually something that i was talking to my friend last night and in, in some good depth so yeah i, yeah. I appreciate your time course Good. man uh, that's that's exactly what this podcast is about man we're not we're not trying to kind of stick to any specific topic or anything it can be anything that we bring to the table and it's just like because we're we're gonna have different uh we're probably gonna have differing opinions at some point hopefully yeah uh hopefully not in a negative way but <laughs> No. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> let's let, let's consider it um, an outlet for the for the um, the practice of civil discourse. I think is exactly. lacking. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but um, we play no games with that. We play no games. I see <laughs> what you did there. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, guys, that was it for the for this week's podcast. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. There will be some links in the description. And probably, uh, Jaden, if I'm not mistaken, there should be something coming up on the screen right about now. Yep. You want to do, do, do your little post-production post magic? Um, it's over here. Yeah. No, it's over here. It's, no, it's down there. Okay. Yep. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be somewhere. Um, but yeah, thanks, guys. Um, until next time, peace.